to continue that theme. Uh, Connie just sang about, there was a line in there that said, I'm letting down my guard, I'm opening my heart. I want to just continue in that quiet moment. Sometimes when you try to be compassionate with another, when we try to be connected to another, we, we find we're blocked because we haven't engaged in our own self-compassion. We haven't been able to forgive ourselves or let go of regret or let go of something that's blocking us. So I just want to, for just a moment, encourage you to close your eyes again. And I want you to go through this guided meditation so that you can keep a hold of this. And when you're blocked and you can't be compassionate for another, remember this exercise. So think of a person close to you who loves you very much. Could be someone from your past or your present. Someone who is still with you or who has died. It could be a spiritual teacher. Imagine that person standing at your side, sending you their love, praying for your safety, for your well-being, for your happiness. Feel that love coming towards you. Imagine you're surrounded on all sides by someone who loves you. Feel that love. Maybe they're saying to you, I've got your back. Maybe they're saying to you, you are a blessing and a great gift in this world. You are loved. You're a beloved child of the universe, a beloved child of God. All will be well. All will be well. All will be well. This morning, we turn our attention, we turn our gaze, we turn our eyes toward the idea of compassion which is our theme for the coming month. Compassion, at its simplest, is the ability to feel concern for others. Compassion lies at the heart of all religious traditions, calling uh, calling us always to treat others as we wish to be treated ourselves, calls us to work to alleviate the suffering of our fellow creatures, to dethrone ourselves from the center of our world and to place another in that center, and to honor the sanctity of all creation, every living being, treating everyone without exception with justice and equanimity and equality, and respect. Uh, to, to refrain from 
inflicting harm or pain on another. I have a, I have a simple test for religion. You know, for the most part, I don't care what your religion is, what you call yourself, how you express the metaphor for that which is ultimately trustworthy. But what I want to know for myself and for others, does your religion or your spirituality or your ethical framework increase compassion? That's always the question for me. Is my microphone okay? Can you hear me? Okay. So my favorite story from the Jesus tradition, and if you know me, you know I love my boy Jesus. You know, he is my, he is my guy. He is my guy. So he's teaching at the temple one day, and a crowd has come around to hear him preach and teach And along comes a group of Pharisees. Pharisees would be honored and respected for taking their Jewish tradition very seriously. And they bring a woman to Jesus and they say, "Uh, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. And they say, according to Moses, we must stone her. And Jesus just starts finger-painting on the floor, just collecting his thoughts, just keeping himself calm. He's finger-painting on the floor. And he says, this is true. That is true. What you've said is true. And um, let the first one of you begin who is without sin. And he's just finger painting. He's just finger painting. And after a while, he looks up. He says, oh, you're still here, speaking to the woman. Where have your accusers gone? And she says, don't you know, they have all departed. No one is here anymore. They've left. Oh, that is very good, Jesus says. So listen, you're free. You've been given a second chance in this world. Go and build a life of integrity and wholeness and peace. Boom. That's my favorite story. That's my favorite Jesus story. Why? Because by all accounts, she's a dead person. She's done something that the law has suggested uh, should execute her. She should be done. but not in Jesus' land, not in Jesus' world. Compassion saves the day. The other part that's memorable in the Jesus tradition is the part where um, Jesus is trying to teach that what you do with the forgotten are those whose voices have been silenced, the marginalized, the orphan, the widow, you do for God. And you do with God. We hear it so much, those of us who follow the Christian tradition, we hear it so much that sometimes we um, lose its impact. We become numb to the radical nature of what's being said. I hungered and you gave me something to eat. 
I was lonely and you visited me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. So the Quran, the holy scriptures of the Islamic tradition, the Muslim people, has a similar passage. And it's just tweaked enough that it gives us new ears to hear. Listen to this. On the day of judgment, Allah will say, O son of Adam, I was hungry and you forgot to feed me. And the person will be like, I I forgot to feed you? How could I feed you? You are the Lord of the worlds. And the response will come, Did you not hear when my servant so-and-so, the daughter of so-and-so, felt hunger? The Quran is full of admonitions to compassion. The Quran says, What will explain to you what the steep path is? It is the freeing of a slave from bondage, or the giving of food in a day of famine to the orphan, or to the needy in distress. Then he will be of those who believe, enjoying fortitude, encourage kindness, and compassion. Again and again in the Quran, Allah, God, the Holy One, is close to those who perform acts of kindness and compassion. As for those who strive in our path, we will surely guide them in our ways, and indeed, Allah is with those who are service to others. Indeed, Allah is with those who are righteous and those who do good. When Ariana told me that the topic for this month was going to be compassion and that we were going to look at compassion from a variety of religious traditions, of course, one lights on uh, Buddhism, one lights on the Christian way. I immediately thought of the Muslim Jesus. In the writings that come out of the Islamic tradition, Jesus, this prophet Jesus, is a unique and powerful prophet. In some writings in the Islamic tradition, he is this aesthetic saint. He is going to say over and over again, turn away from the world and go inside where the struggle for holiness is at its deepest. There is an urgency about not getting tripped up by the temptations of the world, greed and exploitation, but to go inside of yourself and wage a holy war there. So you see this over and over again. Jesus denouncing the world in Islamic writings. Another place that you see Jesus, another way that you see Jesus in the Islamic writings is the Lord of nature. So Jesus will be walking along with his disciples. And one time they're walking along and there's a field over there. And there's a cow that is um, struggling to give birth to 
um, its baby, her baby. And the cow says, hey, Jesus, um, help me out here. Jesus and the, and the animals talk a lot to each other. It's really cool. And um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's cool. And, um, and Jesus, Jesus looks at the cow and says, what's going on? And the cow said, I am in a struggle. I am in a struggle. And um, Jesus says, God has heard your prayer. And the calf comes out. Another time, they're walking along and there's a pig. I don't know this part of the Islamic tradition so well, but I, I, get, the, I get the sense that pigs are not their favorite animal. And, um, and Jesus is walking along and there's a pig and Jesus says, blessings upon you. And all the disciples are like, what? What are you doing? That's a pig. We don't talk to pigs. And um, Jesus says, hey, the only thing I can do, the only word I can speak is what's inside of me. I will say a word of blessing because the only thing inside of me is a word of blessing. You don't get to tell me who I get to bless and who I don't. How much is that like the whole tradition of unity, right? They'll say, oh, these folks get it. These folks don't. These are insiders. These are holy. Those folks aren't. Unity says, no, everybody contains the spark of the divine. Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus is the healer. So much of Islamic tradition shows Jesus doing miracles because he is the prophet that prepares the way for Muhammad. As John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus, Jesus is preparing the way for Muhammad. But at the end of the day, when you read a book like The Muslim Jesus by uh, Tarif Khalidi, put out by Harvard Press, when you read this book, which collects all of the sayings and quotes about Jesus over the centuries from the Islamic tradition, what you see is that at the end of the day, he is a social and ethical model. Of all the prophets, Jesus was particularly suitable as a moral model. Traditions from the time of Muhammad stress the special closeness with Jesus. A well-known incident in the life of Muhammad relates how when Muhammad entered Mecca in triumph and ordered the destruction of all idols and images... He came upon a picture of the Virgin, uh, the, the, the Mother Mary, and the child. And he covered them, the mother and the child, with his cloak. And then he ordered all the other images to be wiped out except that one. There was a special reverence between Muhammad and Jesus. In his Muslim habitat, Jesus becomes an object of devotion, reverence, and love, a living and vital moral voice. So you read stuff like Jesus said to his people, do not talk much without the mention of God, lest your hearts grow hard, for the hard heart is far from God but the one with the hard heart doesn't even know. Do not examine the sins of people as though you were lords, but examine them rather as though you were servants. Do not be haughty in looking upon your neighbor. In other words, Jesus says in the Islamic tradition, Son of Adam, if you do a good deed, try to forget it. 
for it abides with the one, the Holy One, who will not forget it. But if you do something that misses the mark, keep it near to your eye. And in the Islamic tradition, Jesus gives advice such as this. Keep the company of the one whose sight reminds you of God. What a great prayer as we think about compassion. What a great prayer for you, like on a Tuesday when you're like, oh, I didn't get the bacon crispy enough. Oh, what am I going to (laughs) do? What a great prayer to be like, may I remind someone this day of the sight of God. How about that? That'd be a good prayer, right? That would remind you to treat others with respect and equanimity and equality. So keep the company of those whose sight reminds you of God, whose speech increases your knowledge, whose deeds make the afterlife desirable. I'll share with you a couple of other sayings of Jesus. There was a drought in the time of Jesus. A cloud passed by. Jesus looked up and saw an angel driving it on. So the the cloud is going to get rid of this drought. So Jesus calls out to the angel, where to now? And the angel says, to the land owned by so-and-so. I love this. All the time when you read this stuff, it's like so-and-so. It's not like Jane, you know, down the road. It's so-and-so. You just get to fill in the blanks. So to the land owned by so-and-so, the angel said. Jesus went out until he came to the man indicated and found him repairing dishes with a shovel. Jesus says, do you want more, meaning rain? No, he said. Did you want less? No, said the man. What have you done with your harvest this year? What harvest, the man said. A pest is devastating it, and the rain will not fall. So what did you do last year, asked Jesus. I divided my land into three parts. A third for land, cattle, and family. A third for the poor, the indigent, and the stranger. And a third for my own use. Jesus said, an angel will visit you. I don't know which of those brings the greater reward. But this was the key. That act of compassion in the middle of that story. Dividing the third for the stranger. And then another quote from the mid-ninth century. Jesus met a man and asked him, what are you doing? I am devoting myself to God, said the man. Probably feeling pretty good about himself, right? It's like, Jesus is like, what are you up to? Well, I am praying and being very good. And he's like expecting Jesus to give him a big high five and hug him and be like, yes, do your thing. And um, Jesus says, who's taking care of you? The guy says, my brother. Why? Jesus says, your brother is more devoted to God than you are. The one who cares for another. Last one. I mean, I, 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 literally, I could go on all day. But there's like a little football game you want to get to. I understand it happens. Maybe you don't. I don't if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. 
A man came to Jesus and said, Teacher of goodness, teach me something you know and I do not that benefits me and does you no harm. Jesus says, what would that be? What do you have in mind? The man said, how can I be a servant and truly pious before God? Jesus replied, the matter is easy. You must truly love God in your heart and work in God's service, exerting all your effort and strength, and be merciful before the people as you show mercy to yourself. Teacher, who are the people? All the children of Adam, Jesus says. And that which you do not wish done to you, do not do to others. In this way, you will be pious for God. Who are the people? All the children of Adam. And do unto them what you would want done to you. I wanted to introduce you this morning to the Islamic Jesus, which is full of compassion and mercy. And may, as you study compassion this month, the spirit of life be with you now and always.